Five-minute penalty to Chicago, a game misconduct, and then Manson having words with Stephen. And now, Butcher gets into it. We're going to have a brawl, folks. Stand by. Yo, what up, everybody? Tyler Cash here with another episode of Fourth Line Goon Hockey Podcast. Just chatting with my boy Tommy. We got uh, another week. A couple weeks until the regular season's over, and then we got some playoff hockey. How you feeling, bud? Good. Yeah, I think Blues are in a more comfortable spot. Knights are still fighting for dear life. It's a uh, it's a good stretch. Good stretch I, to be in. I, I wouldn't say that dear life. I'd say they're fighting. They're clawing a little mm-hmm. bit. But the the Kings lost last night to the Calgary Flames. Uh, they have a game in hand against the Knights. So like they're only four points up and then they, the Knights still have a game to make up. So it's not actually that bad as, as it was looking prior to that win streak. Cause uh, the, the Knights are on a five game, five or six game win streak. They host Vancouver tomorrow here in Las Vegas. And uh, I'm very excited. I'm going to be attending the game with my mom. Uh, she's turning 60. So we're going to celebrate her 60th birthday, hopefully with a win. Uh, I don't know that Vancouver's ever beat Vegas at their barn. I don't think so at all. I'm almost confident with like I would I would put a hundred dollars on that bet without having to Google it. I know you're going to Google it. And I'm going to try. I don't know. If I'm you're going to be like, oh, there's a, there's an overtime loss there or something. No, I'm pretty sure that they've never lost to Vancouver in Vegas, but. I could be wrong. If not, it's an overwhelming record in their favor for sure. Uh, what about playoffs? No. Okay. Well, regular. Se- Let's talk regular season. Oh, okay. Well, obviously, it went game seven in in uh, in playoffs. So, I mean, maybe they. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm, I'm feeling confident. Right? They got Vancouver. Then they're playing Arizona, and then they're going back up to Vancouver to play again it's a very easy stretch as far as i'm concerned hopefully they make up some ground and uh, i i think they're going for nashville man that's been my my most recent tinfoil hat uh you know guesstimate is that nashville's gonna fall off because they got a hell of a stretch i see that they're playing calgary twice they have edmonton who's also in the hunt uh i believe that they're playing tampa they play florida they play all the the guys that are, are for sure locks for playoffs so I don't know. It's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And, and if we don't make it in, it's going to suck ass, but at least we're getting exciting hockey. Now, uh, Shea Theodore scoring that overtime winner uh, the other night was, was a, was a great surprise. Uh, he, I believe he's got goals in three straight him and Petro are at like the 40 point mark. So like heating up at the right time, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, but here's the question. How are you feeling about the goaltending situation? Cause I'm going to continuously bring that up because <laughs> Bennington had a, a horrible showing the other night. Right. Like, so, yeah, I mean, I mean, who saw it to come in and save us fucking ass. So where was so, it? Where was your thought with that? I mean, watch the game. It's just the team didn't play. I got I just don't understand the mentality of playing in front of one guy, not playing in front of another. That's seemingly what's happening because the team played like complete ass. And like, I don't care if you had, Dominic Hashik in his prime, Martin Brodeur in his prime, Igor Shesterkin right now for the Blues in net. Like it's still at least a 4-1 game when he gets pulled regardless. It's it's a weird dynamic and that's something to get fixed. I don't think the situation of not starting too often is helping the guy. 
I mean, there's also been the theory going around of like he had COVID. Maybe he's dealing with a similar like a la James Neal where he had COVID last year and just never recovered from it and didn't feel right. There's hard to say. It's really hard to say. And speaking, like, speaking of James Neal, the great value deal, is it, it, it what it's 16 points and 18 or 16 goals and like 18 games you shared the other day? Yeah, something stupid. And he's just rotting in the AHL, which is nuts. Good for him for being a trooper, right? Like, because he does have an ego and you, you would think that he, fuck you, I'm not reporting to the goddamn Springfield. What is it? The Springfield Thunderbirds? Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I think that's it. What is it? Is that Springfield, Missouri that they're in? No, 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 no. There's it's Massachusetts. So it's way, uh, way, way away. Oh. See, here I was thinking that he could like vacation to Branson on the weekends, got a nice little Airbnb with the, the mini golf and uh <laughs> maybe some uh some bumper bumper carts, right? Some go-karts. Could could work out, could work out. <laughs> That'd be uh, a lot nicer than well, I don't know, Massachusetts and like that upper you know, East coast is beautiful, especially around this time of year. So it's, I mean, I guess it could be worse. True. True. Yeah. I mean, much, much worse things to have to worry about. Right. Do you think he's going to make an appearance? Are they going to have to call him up like right before playoffs or can they like set their roster afterwards? How does that work? I mean, you don't have a salary cap once playoffs start, so you can kind of have, it's like the black aces effect, right? You have all these guys who are on the roster, but no one's really ever going to see playing time. That's probably similarly what you'll see with James Neal. I would maybe assume, depending on if Thunderbirds make a deep run in the Calder Cup, but we'll see. James Neal, Calder Cup champ at age like 34 years old. Yeah. Is, uh, I don't think he, he was going to have that on his LinkedIn profile personally. But, I mean, hey, if, if they have to call him up due to injuries or something and, and he – he winds up lighting it up. How hilarious would that be? Like that would, contributing to the blues during a, like a playoff run. Yeah, that would be, that would be something. Uh, I would love to see it. My jersey would come out. My blues, James Neal jersey, probably the only one in existence. It, it, you know what? If, if anyone watching this has a James Neal St. Louis blues jersey, please comment, please let reach out know. and let us know because I know that Tommy went and uh, picked his up when James Neal scored the three in, what was it, preseason? Dude, it was getting pressed before the game even started. Like, yeah, it was great. Okay, so you didn't hop on the, the bandwagon. You committed right in the beginning before uh, he had I, I, I need to know what number he had. Saw it in pre-skate, ran at the store, said I need this jersey. That's <laughs> beautiful. And, uh, yeah, um, so, yeah, if you have a St. Louis Blues James Neal jersey, please contribute. Uh, or, you know, even better, a Thunderbirds jersey would be would be ideal that'd be, that'd be great uh um, i think you need to add that to your collection right we'll see yeah the, the springfield like the donut one from the simpsons that's the one i need oh i haven't seen that that sounds awesome they do though. like every year they do like the springfield isotopes oh that's right that's them that does that huh yeah, yeah. That'd, cool. be, that'd be sick to have but also fun fact vancouver has won once in vegas as i say the 2020 playoffs didn't count because that was the bubble but they've won once in a shootout in Vegas in 2018. That's it. So Okay, so they haven't won in regulation in Vegas. So, I mean, hey, I'll take a point out of it. I mean, the, the, the Knights should dominate. Hopefully, they need to make up these points, especially when teams like the Kings and, and the Predators starting to, to kind of fall off just a little bit. So, I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there. I'm going to have a good time. I'm off tomorrow. So, I think we might, uh, might hit, the, hit the strip a little early, maybe um, partake in a little nacho daddy, if, if you will. Uh, yeah, have a couple of drinks and then walk on over. I, I mean, going to a game there is awesome. Like, I mean, you know, you you came in a lot, so hopefully they make playoffs and they can continue this because that Toshiba Plaza down there is just 
It's hype. It's all the hype. Um, the, the, the Midwest coming out, the plaza. Pla- did I say it weird? The, plaza? The plaza. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you can't, you can't take the, the, the Missouri, the Missouri, the Missouri out of the boy. Um, yeah, so let's, let's talk uh, some, uh, let's talk recent news. And we're talking so recent that it happened today. So we're actually getting on top of our game. Look at us go. We're having a, an episode every week. We're actually beating the Chicklets boys out to some of these, uh, these uh, news flashes. Cause like I, they normally put it out, I think on Friday. Right. So, so some, some of these episodes that we're actually getting out, we're recording on Tuesday, getting out there Wednesday, just saying you, you guys need to up your game boys. If you're, if you're, uh, if you catch this Grinnell, I'm, I'm calling you out. Cause you're the one editing this shit still. Um, but yeah, news, uh, news break. Let's talk about it. I'll let you, I'll let you talk about it. Yeah, so I think it's pretty cool because I should be in attendance for it. Uh, Brian Getzlaff announced his retirement from NHL, or not his retirement, but he is retiring at the end of this season. Ducks captain, 17 years in the league, all with Anaheim. He's had two or three years here where he could have gotten traded, could have made another cup run, just didn't do it. Stayed loyal, stayed true. Rare to see, I feel like, in these days, especially like, Claude Giroux, for example, right? He jumped right. to the Panthers and obviously gets that was a way, way, way less cap at way, I think less of a, of a productive player than Giroux at this point in his career, but either way. Yeah, over 150 games played, over a thousand points in his career, three all-star games, two Olympic gold medals, Stanley Cup. This final game will actually be in about three weeks in Anaheim, Blues versus Ducks. Uh, they announced that at home oh, nice. games. I think they have a couple games after that, but they announced like this will be his last game. I actually heard that like I think he's like in a walking boot right now too. Oh so shit! I don't know if he's gonna play a whole lot between now and then, but that's going to be his last game for sure. And uh, yeah, I think the question is Hall of Fame, Hall of Very Good. Where does Ryan Getzloff land? I tell you what, I feel way more comfortable with Ryan Getzloff making the Hall of Fame over Corey Perry. Yeah. Uh, and I see people are arguing, oh, well, him and Corey Perry should be inducted right next to each other. And I, I don't see that argument. I mean, Corey Perry, maybe if he wins another cup uh, with Tampa on that that fourth line bruiser uh, that he's got going on with, with Maroon and, and Belmar. Um, I don't know. He, I mean, it's weird that we're talking about Corey Perry continuously playing in the NHL probably for years to come hopping from team to team, trying to chase that second cup. And here we are, gets off. He's like, nah, I'm good. I know he signed that one year extension last year uh, as, or this year. And it was a weird rumor that the Knights were interested in bringing him in for the playoffs last year. Some teams were kind of kicking around. So yeah, I'm with you. Dude. I think it's cool that he played 17 seasons with one team and, you know, he got to, to get the ultimate goal. And yeah, towards the end, he really wasn't putting the puck in the net, you know, often, but he was still accumulating assists, contributing to the team with leadership. Here's my question, though. Bunch of young guys, right? You, you got Corey Perry gone, Getzlaff gone. Who's going to wear the C? That's, I mean, from there, are they just going to uh-huh. wait around for, you know, the next? Is it going to be Zegris for calling out? Uh, homeboy for fighting. Who was it? Uh, we did. That's not in the notes. We should talk yeah, about that. I was, I was gonna bring that up next. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> is it gonna be him? I, I, I don't think he could do it. I mean, I think it might go like if you're talking leadership and someone who's still on the team. I think it go Cam Fowler. Like he's still got like four or five years, I think, left on his deal. He's thirty. He's been with the team for pretty much forever. 
I think that's the go-to guy for sure. Him or Henrique, but probably Fowler makes way more sense. Yeah, well, Henrique has been injured, right, for a majority of the season, so who knows where he, if he's on his way out too here here shortly, right? He's got to yeah. be getting up there in age. Yeah, thirty-two. Um, yeah, they're all. I mean, and you know, they ultimately they they uh, they got the cup. You know, they did their job, and it's not their fault that. Well, I guess it is their fault, but I mean, it's not every team is able to contribute multiple cups within their, their, their reign of, of the, these players being on the roster. But uh, yeah, let, let's leeway into that. I know. Well, you had... well, hang on, hang on before we do it. Okay. Guess love yes or no hall of fame. Uh, you know, I have to say yes, just because of the two gold medals in the Olympics. I mean, it's the hockey hall of fame, not the yeah. NHL. My, so. my gut tells me like, depending on the, the class he goes in with, or he's up against his first ballot. I'm, I I say like second or third ballot Hall of Famer for me for sure. Yeah, uh, I think that the Olympics were they're, they're kind of sealing the deal for me. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'll let you I'll let you transition now. Okay, so the leeway obviously Trevor Zegers speaks out in in a post game interview after they just demolished. What team is Jay Beagle even fucking playing for these days? What what team is that? What, Cody's what, legend. What what? No oh, Coyotes. Okay, Coyotes so legend, baby. what was it? Five to one. Two minutes left. Jay Beagle. <laughs> Just basically goes after Troy Terry, pulls him down. Oh, give, give the context. Did you know oh, the full, full context? I watched, I watched it, but it was a scrum in front of the net. I just know that Troy Terry, Troy Terry never dropped his mitts, hit the, hit the ground, got, got pretty fucked up. And I don't know, Jay Beagle was, was uh, on the – so Jay Beagle was on the giving end of that fucking up, <laughs> if you will. So, yeah, Trevor Zegers had that post-game interview, which is hilarious because his age truly shows. I, he's got to be – what 20 is it even 21 I, I think he's 20 yeah he, he's just like it reminded me of those youtube videos where they're making fun of beer league press conferences yeah. he's just like bro not even gonna say his name bro but like you know like watch it dude like you need to watch it and he's like looking over his shoulder yeah. like like he thinks he's gonna get jumped or something <laughs> i was that cracked my shit up but yeah i'll let you uh you know give a better analysis of the situation yeah, yeah. so it's like five one there's like two minutes left like the pucks under the goalie and like Zegers goes to the crease and he's like jamming away at the goalie. Girl, 5-1. Like, is that really necessary? And then of course, uh, Beagle comes in and gives him a, I thought like a soft cross check to his back. He probably was expecting it. went down, probably knocked the wind out of him. And then Troy Terry comes skating in from the right face-off scarecrow right into Jay Beagle and like has his hands up high on him and like goes at it with him. And like, I feel like Beagle, worst team in the league, really frustrated. Like, all right, you're coming me. Fuck you. I'm going to start throwing punches. And like, I feel like you should expect that. But I think the flip side of it is, and like, I hope the Ducks see this too going forward because Timu Solani called it out as well, where you don't have any toughness on the team. You traded away Delorier for a pick for the future. And now you don't have a guy threw up 10 fights this year for the Ducks. He has one with the wild too. You, you don't have any tough guys to stand up for your young guys. Like, if that would have happened, right. Dorley on the ice or not, like next shift, there's still two and a half minutes left in the game. You know he's going after a coyote. You know something's gonna happen. And so you don't do those things. Or you have a price Corey to Perry. pay for it. Yeah, Corey Perry, even too. And it's just like it's a learning lesson, I think, for Terry. I think it's a learning lesson for Zegris that you guys are young, you guys are skilled. This is not your part of your game, nor should it ever be, because you're gonna have stuff like this happen. And you need guys in the game to protect yourselves. It's not seeing it needs to be 1990s hockey where you know enforcer is gonna you know scream at every player on the other team and, and hunt people down, but like just have someone who has some toughness to be like, hey, fuck off, 
you know, you're not going to touch my players. Who do you get to deal with me? They just don't have it right now. And pretty much from now until the end of the season, just about anybody can walk all over the ducks and no one's really going to be able to do anything. Like who you have to worry about? Like Kevin Shattenkirk, Cam Fowler, like Ryan right. Getzlav, an old man now, like no offense, Getzlav, but like, you know, it's right. What are you going to do? And let's face it, you know, Shaddy is only fighting off the urge to continuously shave his hairline back. That's 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 the only thing is that you're seeing out of him. He's just he's in Anaheim for the money and the beaches. That, that that's why he's there, and that's why he took the contract. Hey, you know uh, they can go after Tom Wilson. I think that uh, <clears throat> the Capitals are in need of a goal a, a goalie right now. Just send Gibby over, right? One for one, Tom Wilson for for John Gibson. Yeah. See, let's see it happen. Good luck. With um, that. <laughs> uh but yeah so hell of a career uh congratulations to get when he does finally retire it's exciting that you're going to be there for that uh potentially and uh yeah i mean if you're a ducks fan you gotta love what he's done for the organization and you know he probably could have went on to, to play a season or two but he knows that it's best for the team step back and maybe take a position in, in the front office or at least be some sort of a alumni presence when it comes to promoting the team. It's very exciting. Hey now, what's up goons? Tyler Cash here. And it's time to pause the podcast and chat a bit about our amazing sponsors over at Schlafly Brewing Company. Hockey and beer. Does it get any better? I don't think so. Schlafly has been brewing up some of the best beer I've ever had for many years, and it's officially that time of year for their famous Raspberry Hefeweizen. It's one of my personal favorites. Their Raspberry Hefeweizen distinguishes itself among others in that it's a true fruit beer. None of this fruit-flavored crap. It uses real raspberry in the brewing process. Once the fruit sugar ferments out, the aroma and flavor stay in, making this a delightful drinkable beer that's not too sweet or tart. It's refreshing and balanced with a natural hazy pink coloring. Because it's low in alcohol, it brings out a smooth dose of weediness, and it's perfect for summer, it's perfect for any time. Download the Schlafly app or visit schlafly.com to locate and devour yours today. That's S-C-H- L-A-F-L-Y dot com. Schlafly Beer. Drink Mo Beer. This podcast is brought to you by One in a Million Handyman Services Incorporated. One in a Million is a family-run local company that's been serving the Las Vegas, Nevada area for over 15 years. They are licensed and insured throughout Clark County and travel as far as Boulder City, Henderson, Las Vegas, and North Las Vegas. One in a Million specializes in smaller home repairs, but also tackles commercial repairs. They've worked around the Strip, residential homes, commercial buildings, you name it, One in a Million has made their mark. With a 4.5 star Yelp review and countless of happy customers throughout the 15 years, you can guarantee you'll be happy with their services. All previous customers can refer an unlimited amount of friends and family for a $25 referral credit, which would come off of any future projects and or repairs if they decide to use one in a million. This offer also extends to the fourth line goon listeners. Mention this podcast and you will receive a $25 referral credit that will come off of the total cost of your repairs. One in a Million is open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., and you can find them on the web at wanandamill.com. That's J-U-A-N-I-N-A-M-I-L-L.com, or you can also find them at one.inamill on Instagram. One in a Million Handyman Services won't let you down. Check them out. So, yeah, moving on. Uh, Brad Marchand, 
Uh, he hit a guy. What else is new? Uh, big hit left uh, Blue Jackets. Andrew Peak face down on the ice. You and I, sometimes we agree on this. Sometimes we don't. The big question is here, is it clean or not? There obviously was no discipline from the league. So let's throw that out. So the league doesn't weigh in. We're, we're talking about this right after it happens. What is your take on it? I, I kind of feel... You know what? I asked for your take and I'm giving you mine first. I, I, I kind of feel like his size is a big problem, right? Uh, Brad Marchand's got little man syndrome. He's very small. So when he's trying to go up for that shoulder to shoulder contact, it doesn't always quite connect the way he wants it to. But in my opinion, he led off with one foot. The puck was already sent and he kind of, kind of clips him in the, in the neck. And it may not be a headshot as much as it was just not in the right place. I don't think he intentionally meant for it to be dirty, but it was weird that there was no penalty called, no discipline. And I, I'm pretty sure that resulted in a Bruins goal that was sent down to DeBrusque, who just netted it because he was all alone. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that. I, I think it was dirty. I don't think it's suspension worthy, but it's kind of weird there was no penalty or a fine. Yeah, I mean, I would call it borderline. I think it best. I think it was a weird combination of like, Andrew Peak, the guy he hit, goes in and plays the puck and also is like, as he's playing the puck, he's like stopping and Marchand's committed to the hit and stopping, like maybe he ends up hitting his back shoulder versus his neck slash chest area. And yeah, like you said, that did lead to a, a Bruins goal, which sucked. He left the game for a bit. He did come back. So thankfully, at least short term, there's not a lot of damage done. But yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where I think it's kind of nice that the league is kind of being like, was this borderline? Yeah. Was anything wrong from it, from a technicality standpoint of like what a you know a high hit is or hit to the head or whatever? No. And we're going to not punish this guy because he's Brad Marchand. We're going to try and be a little more consistent. Like maybe this is a step in the right direction. I'm probably being extremely naive in how the NHL Department of Player Safety is, but it's nice to not see, oh, you're Brad Marchand, you have a questionable head, you have a hearing, or here's a fine just because you're Brad Marchand type of a thing. So. Well, well, if he has a hearing, then he's a reoccurring problem, right? So then it would be a massive, it would have to be a massive punishment. It could be, to, yeah. To just, have an, just to have another hearing that soon to his last suspension. I mean, that's unfortunately how it goes, but it's nice that they're looking at this in a, a standpoint where they're like, is there intent? Was he head hunting? No, he wasn't. He didn't like stride and do him three, three or four glides and then take him out. It's just, he's a short guy. And I think that the hit was unfortunate. Glad to see that uh, peak returned to the game. Um, yeah. I, that's about, that's about the the long and short of it is just, you know, it's a, it's a gritty game. And I actually appreciate that Marshan plays as aggressively as he does, as long as he's not intentionally head hunting. And that's when it becomes a problem with his antics. Um, so moving on with another problem, I think personally is going on right now in the league, the jets win in an overtime, uh, shootout goal from Blake Wheeler on Craig Anderson. Some might call it controversial. Some of us might say that, you know, that's just how the shootout works. But my thing is it looks like, so Blake Wheeler, if you haven't seen it, which you should dig it up and watch it and then listen to the rest of this podcast, he, he does an abrupt stop, but then does the glide, right? Which is a move that a lot of players are doing now because they're still moving forward. I'm going to tell you right now, I think that's bullshit as it is. That abrupt stop should, should basically end it as far as I'm concerned, because then you're questioning whether or not they're continuing forward 
properly and in their movement never stops and and they don't ever fucking review it and and they don't ever look close enough for this so just just kill it you just got to move forward no abrupt stops whatsoever as far as i'm concerned but anyways that's not my problem he he gets right right up on the crease which is insane too that that should also be a part of the shootout rule to not be in the goalie's crease and he he just kind of stick handles the shit out of it and yeah craig anderson should have poke checked it away that's a that's a mistake on his part but at one point, he seems to kind of take the puck back and, and side glide, and it's questionable whether or not he goes backwards. At that point, I think the play should have been dead. Um, he roofs it. They win the game. Craig Anderson kind of gives a what the fuck, but, I mean, he's been in the league for long enough to know that he's not going to win that argument. Skates off, and it's not like the Sabres are needing that point per se to make playoffs or anything like that. Actually, it benefits them to lose that point when it comes to the, the draft lottery. But my take is that the, the league really needs to sit down and maybe rehash the thought process with the shootout because a lot of people hate it anyways, just want more three-on-three overtime. And when you have controversial, controversial goals like this, it kinda, it's kind of hard to defend. Yeah. I mean, to me, he definitely took the puck back. Like he has it in the crease. He makes two moves. He takes it out of the crease and then roofs it. So it's like puck clearly went back. Have they really ever called this except on a spin move where it's blatant that it goes backwards? No. Do I expect that to change going forward? Probably not. Cause I feel like the shootouts become less more and more insignificant as, as time has gone on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where, yeah, should the goalie have poke checked? Yeah, maybe sure. But like the fact that you can get in that close and make like seven deeks, especially ones that aren't forward or sideways, but like actually backwards. It's just like, at what point are you just like, okay, this isn't a shootout anymore. This is just, I'm going to make as many moves as I possibly can. And I get the shoes when the goalie bites. And I basically get the last say always versus I need to shoot the puck. I'm running out of space. I mean, I'm fine with the stop and glide move because they're still moving forward, but like, Again, when the puck comes in the crease, you make a couple of deeks and you pull it literally out of the crease by about three or four inches and then roof it. Like, I don't think it's more obvious than that personally. Yeah. I mean, to me, it seems like it's almost what's stopping the goalie from charging him and sliding out and tackling him almost. Cause like, that's not a penalty in a regular game. So why can't they come out and challenge him? And I don't know. It's, I mean, they it, could. Yeah, I guess they could. It would be just a sticky situation, you know, whether or not they could. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it does, you look brilliant. But um, I, I think I, you've brought it up many times. I know a lot of people have this argument. It just makes more sense to extend 3v3. And I like the shootout. I think it's exciting. But, I mean, let's eliminate these weird, you know, 20 deke moves, you know, in front of the net. And let's just give it 10-minute 3v3 and see – if that changes how often the shootout happens. And then maybe if the shootout is less common, when these things happen, we just kind of laugh it off. If you can't seal the deal in 90 minutes and then another 10 minutes in overtime, three V three, then I think all the rules should be thrown out the window. Then I'm okay with it. Like it's just that five minutes. It's not enough to really seal the deal. You go to a shootout. This guy does a, a crazy situation. makes you look like an asshole. And then that's what you got. You say 90 minutes or you get 90 minutes from. Did I say 90 minutes? You said 90 minutes. Oh, 60, 60 minutes of regular ice time. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm making yeah. sure we're on the same page. Like, <laughs> just like an extra yeah. overtime period you're suggesting? Hey, let's, let's, make each, let's make each period 30 minutes. Say fuck it and go. Right. Um, 
Okay, so with that being said, that's before we move on to the next point. Do you think that goal should have counted? I mean, no. I think it was one of the more obvious ones. I mean, there's somewhere you're like, eh, maybe, but like it happened so quick where that it was just you had so much time to see it go backwards and then still not call it. Like, yeah, I'm not a fan of it personally. The refs just want to get out of there. <laughs> at Probably. that at that time, they're not going to analyze it, which is weird because they're overanalyzing everything these days. But yeah, I don't think it's a goal either personally. Uh, Austin Matthews with the Hattie against the Tampa Bay Lightning, bring him to 54 goals on the season. Uh, just an unreal year. The question is, can he continue to contribute this successfully this much going into the postseason? There's a game going on right now. Is that what you're looking at to see if he's put up anything? No. Okay. So I know the Marner just did an unreal shorty that looked incredible. Um, and the Leafs look great. But that's not really my point with this. Do we think Austin Matthews is going to show up this year? Playoffs? Yeah. If that, well, they're going to make it, obviously. So is he going to con- continue the streak? Well, I don't think the question is, is that Austin Matthews going to show up? I think is the rest of the Leafs going to show up personally. I mean, it's, we all know it's a different game in the playoffs. Like the Leafs, I mean, they have Kyle Clifford. Uh, they have what, Wayne Simmons? Like they have some toughness, but like, are they a team that is going to be okay with getting pushed around? We'll see again, right? But right. are they going to be a team that can get a lead in the series or a game and consistently hold it? We'll see, especially with the goaltending that they have and we have a question mark back there right now. But I think Mouse Matthews will be fine. It's a question of will the team around him be fine? I mean, here's the thing, though, and this is where Statman Tyler comes at Statman Tommy one goal in seven games from fucking Austin Matthews last year. And then two goals in five games prior to that. I mean, that's, you can't have your star forward who's about to net 60 easy on the year, go cold when it comes to the playoffs. And that almost brings up the argument that should you be benching him? Should you be scratching him now? You already secured your, your playoff spot or as soon as they, they lock in, they clinch, like, do you rest him or do you let him keep riding out? Because I mean, if he's a ghost, then you got nothing. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's the way to look at it. Um, Leafs, what he's been in the postseason five years now, the Leafs have yet to make it out of the first round. Three game sevens, lost all three game sevens. Like, it's brutal. And it's not just him. There's so many other players like, what's Mitch Marner doing? What's John Tavares doing? You know, what's Jake Muzzin when he's healthy doing in these instances? Like, not good stuff. So, like, I don't think it's the fair to put the onus on him because – what do you do as a underdog? All right, let's go and shut down their top performer at all costs and make them work for it. And that's what's happened. And Matthews is a victim of that. But again, I don't think it's all on his shoulders. I think it's completely on the team because one single guy isn't going to carry you in a seven game series ever. So that's my opinion. Fair. Yeah. So I was going to look that up just for, I think he has like 40, and it's either 46 Mart- goals in 47 games. This, this last 47 games for Matthews or 47 and 47. It's yeah. nuts. It, it's absolutely nuts. And yeah, you're right. Goose eggs across the board from, from Marner. So granted they were shooting against Carey Price and he's a stud when he's healthy and in net and performing, which we saw last year. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't have that kind of um, performance from your studs uh, when it comes to playoffs and expect to make it out of the first round. And, I guess that's what it's like to be a Leafs fan, unfortunately. 
Um, so yeah, uh, moving on last topic before we get to questions, which is, it's kind of like similar to what we were talking about. You brought up the toughness having Wayne Simmons, uh, on the bench and, uh, Kyle Clifford and, uh, that same game, actually Wayne and Pat Maroon were chirping each other from the bench, not even on the ice from the bench ref comes over and goes, get the fuck out of here. Both of you 10 minutes, I guess it was, I think it was a game misconduct and it wasn't even unsportsmanlike. So and I mean, has the league really gone that soft to where they're giving 10 minutes for chirping? That sounds like some beer league shit. Yeah, I don't know. That's silly. I mean, we'll never see it in a playoff game. If we do, I'm going to question what the hell's going on with the league. But I don't know if the ref's having a bad day. I don't know if the conversation was maybe around the refs in general. And they're just like, fuck this. We're not hearing this anymore. Get in the box. Like, who knows? Um, but if it was that in a appropriate though wouldn't it have been unsportsmanlike contact that seems like a really weird yeah like, so penalty to take while two dudes are just chirping so that's what i'm wondering like what's the meaning of the context like if it's something about the refs if it's something about something along those lines like yeah maybe you maybe you you know reconsider that but if it's just like oh fuck you fuck you too and just kind of like trash talking back and forth then what are you doing yeah that's my take well, I know the I know the big rig had some some choice words. He was like, "Dude, this is, this is weak. We're literally chirping." And it looked like when they were both going to the box, Simmons was kind of laughing it off too. Like, really, this is like one of the dumbest penalties I've ever taken. Uh, either way, I know it's finals for a lot of uh, us out there playing fantasy hockey, so that probably helped helped quite a few people. Uh, Pat Maroon dropping a couple f bombs and Wayne Simmons contributing as well. Uh, so yeah, that that brings us up to date. Well, uh, I, I was gonna say real that that AHL game where you have the the scorekeeper's point of view with like you want to fucking go, and then they jump out of the oh, box yeah. and they both just throw like that was amazing. If anyone hasn't seen that, it's pretty fucking. It's a sweet. beauty. Head on over to our our Facebook or our TikTok while the fight still exists on there. Uh, it's a beauty. It's a lot of fun, man. It's, it's cool. Uh, I, number 19, it looks like for, is that the AHL team for the yeah. Dallas stars? Cause it says yeah. Texas, Texas stars. Yeah. I don't know. Whoever that dude is. He's a, he's a, he's a hard ass man. That's, that's fucking rad. Uh, so yeah, go watch that. Definitely uh, worth your time. We posted it on Facebook and all that great stuff. Um, let's go into questions. Uh, and the first question is from our friends over, over at world hockey report. Make sure you check them out. I've been on their show. They do some great shit on, on uh, the Twitter sphere, if you will. They want to know if Vegas misses playoffs, who all gets traded and fired? Uh, my two cents is very simple. I don't think anyone gets traded or fired. The only people who are getting traded is to get under cap. I think they're going to use uh, the injury bug as an excuse to keep jobs in order, which makes sense because, I mean, you could, you're only going to be as good as uh, you can, the team you can field. So I don't think a lot has changed or is going to change. And I, I put my two cents in on, on that last episode. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can make a, depending on how things go on the stretch, maybe you can make a case for Pete DeBoer. Maybe you can make a case for, for Kremen with the Dadunov thing, but I feel like that would have happened already and he would already be gone personally. However, yeah, I think the same with the owner. Like, I don't think people are, there's going to be a, mass exodus here i think if anything it's just we have to make we, we know who we want we know who we have we know the situation with the cap we're going to just do everything we can to just basically sit right at the top and be done with it i think that's it just move players out to get cap compliant that's my take 
Brandon Dalton wants to know, will Flower be the starter they needed for the playoffs? I guess he's talking controversy with that because he's starting tonight. I know a lot of uh, Wild fans are chiming in because Talbot's been playing out of his mind. I don't know, man. I I, I still think they're going to go with Talbot. Game one of playoffs, I don't think Flurry starts, and that's my two cents on that. I, I don't even really need to elaborate. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a situation, too, where, like I said, they traded for you, you shipped out Cockadin, you traded for Flurry, and now you have an absolute real threat in, oh shit, my job's on the line here. I need to figure something out quick and play my ass off. And that's what Talbot's done. To be fair, um, Flurry's been pretty good as well. Last three games, I think he's let up five goals, won all three of them for the Wild. So nothing to sneeze at there either. But yeah, I mean, Talbot shut out the Knights two wins against Vancouver and Colorado, and then another one goal performance against the, the Capitals here a couple of days ago. Like they're both playing really good. I think, yeah, you got to give it to the guy who's been there. And if he slips up, you should be fully, I mean, try to be fully confident in what they have. I mean, the way it's matching up, the blues might get it. So personally with the numbers the blues have against flurry, I would love for flurry to be in that, but still a lot of time before that. I don't, I don't think it's likely personally. Uh, we'll do two more. Nephew Barnes wants to know, will Edmonton try to re-sign Evander Kane? I think it's obvious, yeah. I mean, he he's doing great. He proved himself. I mean, he's still a shit human being. And I'll, I'll, I'll take that to the grave for sure. But, he, I mean, when it comes to hockey, he knows how to put the puck in the net. He's shown that on multiple teams. I Yeah, they'll probably try to extend him. It, it, I mean, but I, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to hit the open market and try to to get term and save his ass so he can pay some of these bookies back. Uh, exactly. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to is his ask, right? He's almost a point per game player, 16 goals in 31 games with the Oilers. Ugh, yeah, that's a pretty gross sick, vomit. Yeah, it's a pretty sick pickup, especially for my fantasy team. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think you got to try. I mean, he's making what the cap equivalent of two mil this year. It's prorated for signing him mid season at the penalty there. So yeah, I mean, if you can get him for around that same number, go for it. Do I think he's going to get just two mil? Probably not. But yeah, yeah we'll see. Like we like we know in this league and a lot of others, conduct off the ice doesn't really dictate you know getting paid to perform on the ice. So so is he getting bought out? Did he get bought out, or, or are they still trying to conclude how he's going to get paid from San Jose? I'm pretty sure I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they. It was a mutual termination, or did they remove the terminator's contract? Oh, so they probably like settled like for a sum of money or something. Yeah, because he's not on their buyout list. So I think they either settled or you know, I think the sharks terminated it, and maybe NHLPA is filing an appeal, maybe on the back end or a grievance or whatever. So I think that's something that hasn't necessarily come to light yet. It was obviously a little little unique, but I think we'll hear more about that probably this offseason. Okay. Uh, last question. Uh, well, we have two, two kind of, but last question. And then one short guy, Wesley Bouchang on uh, Twitter wants to know with how well LT Logan Thompson has been playing and now having the return of Panda, uh, obviously talking goaltending goal in Vegas, who does Vegas go to down the stretch? Uh, I think it's, I mean, it's Robin Leonard, right? You're paying the guy 5 million. I, he's probably going to get the start tomorrow. He's probably going to get most of the starts for the foreseeable future to get him ready for playoffs. Fingers crossed. 
uh, yeah, I think it's Leonard's net. Thompson did a great job. I think he's proven that he can be more than a capable backup. So if anything, I think that him being signed for the next three seasons after this just proves that they're going to trade Brossois in the off season. Is, is Brossois healthy at the moment or am I crazy? He's he, no, he's injured. He's out. And, but they said he's not coming back anytime soon, but I think it might be more of the, them being like, Hey man, you're not going to get these starts or these backups and don't injure yourself further. I mean, that's pure scapula, uh, scapula, speculation on my speculation. Skepticism, maybe. Skepticism, uh, speculation on my part. But yeah, I, it's definitely Robin Leonard's net. You're not going to put Logan Thompson uh, in net to start you know, game one of the, of well, the, the playoffs. You got to remember, too, Thompson's up on an emergency loan, too. So as soon as Bristol is healthy, he has to go back down or you find cap space for him. So that's the only reason he's up. So I think it has to be Leonard. I mean, playoffs is a different story. You don't yeah. have to worry being cap compliant or anything, but Brissois or you can, can, you can wave, you can wave Brassois too. If you don't really want to use him, he's not on LTIR, he's on IR. So you can send him wherever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm being honest, I think it's going to, de- that would depend on who's coming back, i.e. Mark Stone, et cetera. I think that's going to be the biggest question mark because without him coming without him coming back won't be a problem with him coming back i think it'll be a problem because you only get like league minimum to bury a contract and then brossois or sorry look at thompson's making slightly over league minimum like 800k so i think that extra money makes it not doable so depending on if brossois comes back or not it could be a situation too where you have brossois and leonard for the last five games and maybe logan thompson's getting tune-up games at the ahl do you really want that guy getting ahl tune-up games to start your playoff run versus uh, Leonard, who might be playing okay, even that's a, a good, I think, a good argument to, to have, honestly. And to- I mean, I think it's slightly similar situation to Huso and Bennington, like where Bennington's been the proven guy and he's probably going to be your guy game one of playoffs and it, it give him a short leash. Or like if down the stretch they keep, you know, you know, dropping shit, like, you know, then you have a guy that is young and hungry and that's, you know, Logan Thompson in this spot. But you're paying Robin Leonard five million. He just, he, he's a very loud dude too. I mean, I know, I know he recently deleted his Twitter. Uh, we're not going to spend time talking about that. Like he's like some sort of celebrity and like, oh my God, Kim Kardashian move of deleting Instagram or whatever the deal is. Like, fuck that. He's a grown man and he's a strong dude. And he, he, he's, he's worked his ass off to get that starting position. They traded away the face of the franchise for him. He's your guy. So if he's healthy and he's stopping pucks, he's your dude. Uh, but Logan Thompson is never going to be forgiven or sorry, forgotten for helping them string along that five game winning streak and, and keep their playoff uh, hopes alive. One last question, Austin Matthews, plain and simple. We uh, it's from, uh, I cannot pronounce your name, dude. Ben Shard Vincent, Ben Shard Vincent. I don't fucking know. He's leaving all the vowels out of his uh, his name. But anyways, will Austin Matthews break sixty goals? Simple answer. I say yes, easily. I say no. We want to bet a beer on this again? I don't. But I oh, say no. get out of here! Come on, bet a beer. One beer. No, he only needs, he only needs six. I don't. I'm not gonna bet on. I'll bet on the guy that I don't watch. If I'm being honest. Oh, get out of here. Well, you're missing out on some good hockey. I say he does it. He's definitely one. He's one goal away from the Leafs record, the franchise record, which is very exciting. I say he does it. Tommy says he doesn't. Or I say he does it. Tommy says he doesn't. He'll break the Leafs record 60. I mean, it's possible. Maybe I'm like, I think he'll, I, I might, if I have to have a hot take, is he's going to get 60 on an empty net goal. That's not going to be a legit goal. That's my hot take. 
Okay. Well, yeah, make sure you guys chime in below. You guys have been awesome on, on YouTube, uh, racking up those views, which is awesome, and, and commenting below. So make sure you guys let us know if you think he's going to hit 60. I'm with you on that one if you agree. Uh, that's all we got, man. Fourthlinegoon.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We got a few more weeks left, and then we're in playoff hockey. We're getting in the thick of it, so we're really excited about it. Uh, make sure you guys are following and subscribing. YouTube is going to be a big uh, spot for us these days. And, uh, yeah, do you have anything to add here towards the end? I got nothing. Let's, let's watch some hockey down the stretch. We'll chat more a week from now, see where your head's at, see if you're happy, see if you're freaking out. We'll, we'll hey, know more. If you I'm confident. I'm confident. So cheers, everybody. Better, guys.